This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this Free-for-all Friday. As always, there's a lot to talk about. Well, Late yesterday afternoon, the progressive conservatives unveiled their budget, or should I say election platform, because the House adjourned, the campaign is on as of next Wednesday, nothing in that budget, excuse me, will become real unless they are reelected. And at a certain point, there was confusion about whether that will be the actual budget they pass if they are reelected. It seemed for a while that there was no commitment and the opposition started accusing them of bait and switch until the premier came out and confirmed saying, yeah, this will be the document. Um, was there something in there that is inspiring you? Uh, according to CARP, the one thing they like there is this New tax credit for people who pay for home care on their own. It is a credit of up to 25% of $6,000 for eligible expenses. So it's a maximum of $1,500. Is, is that a good thing for you? The, uh, there's a huge amount of spending in there, spending for infrastructure, highways, highways that a lot of people oppose, and hospitals. And uh, there's a sprinkling of a little bit of uh, everything for a lot of people. They are making good on their promise to uh, build lots more long-term care beds, but you don't really hear any talk about changing the system, which it desperately needs. So I'd like to know what, if anything, you think about it and will it inspire you? One of the most interesting things I heard in the commentary here, actually before the budget came down, was a prediction that we're going to have a very low turnout this time around because people are, say, satisfied with the current government or they think it's okay. They're not excited by it and none of the other leaders excite them. Uh, So kind of a status quo ho-hum kind of a thing. Uh, And are they taking Zoomer voters, the people who vote in overwhelming numbers, 75% vote? Are you still going to vote? What do you think of that? Or do you feel like maybe you are being taken for granted? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And of course, we talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let us begin with... Marissa in Toronto. Hi, Marissa. Libby, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm okay. I just want to say a couple of things to my fellow Ontarian citizens that I'm a bit overwhelmed with all of these uh, empty promises. When I go and vote, I'm going to think of the healthcare system that has failed us, 
The long-term care for us, 5,000 long-term care patients have gone, have left us. The 18,000 new beds that Mr. Ford has promised us won't be available till 2026, 27, 28. And they're all, 18,000 beds are for profit. And you, you and I know, everyone knows that they've had the highest deaths with COVID. I'm also appalled at the education system. Mike Harris in those days raped the education system and Ford and Lecce has decimated it. And also, what businessman, you're, you're in debt, what businessman has a billion dollars coming in and you go, nah, I want to give it back to my people. He's just buying his votes. My fellow Ontarians, wake up. I don't know who I'm going to be voting for, but it certainly isn't Mr. Ford. Okay, Maybe Marissa. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, well, uh, we know where Marissa stands, and she definitely is going to get out and vote, and uh, not for the current government. So, uh, people, what do you think of that? Let's go to Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Hi, Libby. Yes, I've listened all week, especially your Zoomer squad, and it's all great to talk about we need this and that and the other thing for long-term care, but the money, where's the money going to come from? And, you know, when you back up into that one, we have a problem with regard to pensions. We have the haves and the have-nots. People who work for government or hydro or the universities uh, or the school boards, they have 70%, in many cases, fully indexed pensions. I mean, that's 35 years, 2% a year. And so they're fine in retirement. But the rest of the world is not fine because we allow people to put off putting money into their RSP. The result is people don't put money aside. And Everybody has been ducking and dodging this. Uh, Kathleen Wynne had it identified. We have to increase significantly the amount that we put aside for CPP. If you look at the U.S. with their Social Security, it is a much higher contribution and a much higher payout. Because if you don't have those funds, people will only have their CPP and their old, old AGS to pay for the retirement because money disappears to other family members all too often. And uh, What do you mean by that? Fraud? No, 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 no. You just put it into somebody else's name so that so that you can say no, mom only has, you know, these things. Now the the income's still getting reported, but it's getting reported by somebody else in the family. It's a very common thing. It happens all the time. And, you know, so Kathleen Wynne was, and, and I was not necessarily a fan of everything about Kathleen Wynne, but she certainly had this one nailed down, that we have to ensure that there's going to be funding to pay for all these things, um, because otherwise we've got a, just a huge, huge problem. I, I don't know why nobody talks about this issue of what I refer to as the haves and the have-nots. Uh, actually, there there is discussion when it comes up. I know that CARP wants to talk about pensions. And um, uh, there were just some big stories in the Globe and Mail on uh, actually some of the pension funds. But yeah, it's haves and have-nots. The, the one thing, I guess, is that in, in a lot of areas, 
people who uh, are, you know, have already been employed, had the pensions, but new employees aren't getting those gold-plated exactly. pensions. And, and, and the other thing that's happening is we used to have what the, what are referred to as these uh, defined um, benefit plans. Because uh, private industry can't estimate how much it's going to cost, they have moved away from that, and they have now gone to uh, defined contribution plans where they say, okay, you've worked for us this year. We're going to put $10,000 aside for you, but that's it. We're not making any other guarantees. And I think you'll find very, very few of the public companies that have the the old um, you know, government-style pension plans. And it, it's, a, it's a big problem. And then you've had things like, I guess it was Simpsons or Sears or whatever, where they yeah, the under and the pension plan wasn't funded. Yep. Okay, Pat. Um, something else for us to think about. Thanks for your call. Yep. Thank you. Let us go to Ian in Barry. Hi, Ian. Hi. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Oh, well, I'm as confused as I can be about this election, and I I consider myself fairly well read, well informed, and I'm listening to all of them, and all I hear is squack, 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 like a bunch of ducks. I don't trust any of them, and I really don't know who to vote for. And it's, it's. Uh, I think there's actually a lot of people in Ontario like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, what are you looking for before you make your decision? Uh, I'm actually looking for somebody that's going to say, "Look, it's messed up. These are the top five things that we think we need to work on and fix, and uh, maybe." Uh, some kind of a plan or policy that addresses that. I don't want to hear anything about, well, the last guy did this and the last girl did that. They all screw up. <laughs> That's interesting. That's good. That's good. So uh, do you think uh, you will be voting for an opposition party or for the government? Uh, I really don't know, but I have had this thought in my head to throw a, a vote for the Green Party to help keep them alive. And I'm not a green person. I mean, I am a green person, but I'm not a green party person. That's interesting. Okay. Well, uh, Ian, keep listening and keep in touch. Okay. Take care. Okay. You too. All right. Let's go to Tom in Woodstock. Hi, Tom. How are you today, Libby? Fine. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I, I'm calling about the Workers' Compensation Board, or WSIB, if you want to call it that, they practice age discrimination, and the government allows it. When retirement age was moved from 65 to 70, they did not allow injured workers to continue on benefits. So at 65, you're, you're, you are done with any benefits. Like if you are hurt and you can only do a certain type of work, they would, in the past, top up your wages. But after the age of 65, even though you continue to work, they no longer have to do that. And I was wondering why. Like, like why are decisions like this made? Uh, they're probably money decisions. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, in private companies where there's coverage for, say, long-term disability, 
which is partially taken out of him. There's an employee contribution to that. They also, after the age of 65, you cannot get long-term disability insurance. And I don't know if that's widespread across the industry or just in a number of companies that I've heard about. But um, yeah, a lot of uh, benefits. And in some cases, covering older workers, uh, you have to pay a lot more for even the kind of basic insurance coverage that that private insurance offers for dental and that. But yeah, um, when uh, your uh, candidates come around, then ask them about uh, that if that's your big issue and you'll have to see what they say. Tom, thanks for your call. Let's go to Darko in Toronto. Hi, Darko. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the the man was talking about the CPP increasing the pension. I'm not opposed to it, but I think it's kind of crazy that we have we have a federal pension plan that if we're we're going to be doing like ten separate provincial uh, sort of supplements. If we're going to do it, why don't we just do it for the entire country? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, the, the hope always has been that uh, one of the provinces or a few of the provinces will start and then uh, it'll be taken over by the federal government. But it, it's like that with all kinds of things. That's just the way our system is. But, yeah, that's, but I think, you know, when we have the meeting of the premiers with the prime minister, that's the time to do it, right? To get together and then everybody or a majority decide to do it and, and, and push the federal government into... Well, that, that takes. This doesn't seem. This makes sense to me. Pu- pushing the federal government uh, at first of all, getting them all to agree, uh, that's pretty unusual. And then pushing the government—that's that's that's not the stuff of one meeting, I don't think. But yeah, uh, a lot of these things, and and you know, even when it comes to healthcare, which is totally provincial. There are so many different rules around the country and, and people in different provinces are entitled to different things. And do, do I think that that makes sense? I do not. Darko, thanks for your call. Thank you, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, it is time for our first break. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740-4740. We'll be back on the other side of the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. It's the day we talk about what you want to talk about. And uh, yesterday afternoon, we saw the latest progressive conservative budget. It's more of an election platform than a budget because it's not going to be passed unless this government is reelected. And the election, of course, is on June the 2nd. The campaign officially starts next week. Uh, did you hear anything in that budget that excites you? Or for that matter, did you hear anything from either of the other leaders? 
that excites you and makes you want to get out there and vote. As I said at the top of the show, I found interesting that uh, one of the commentators that I speak to regularly predicted that this election would have the lowest turnout in a very long time. So I really want to hear from you. Let us go right to the phones. Let's go to Helen in Toronto. Hello, Helen. Hi, Libby. Uh, I don't like two of the things that are being uh, kind of sold to us. First of all, I don't think we should have gotten our license sticker money back because they're going to get it from us somewhere else. And, norm- and normally what I see is the cost is twice as much as what we get back. The second is uh, the tax credit for people who are caring for somebody uh, caregivers, because most of them, most of the ones I know, uh, are not employed. So what's the good of a tax credit? You don't get anything. If you were giving us some money, we could use it either for ourselves for respite, or we could use it to enhance what we're doing for our for the person we're caring for. But a tax credit in this um, the, this this tax credit it, it's it's not for the informal. Caregiver, and there are some other very small tax credits, federal ones, with that. It's for if you have to hire home care or something like that, an attendant. It's it, it's a different kind of a credit. It's not for an informal thing. If it, it it's if you're hiring somebody, because right now there are very limited services through the government that you get that you don't pay for. But if you want to hire somebody privately, it's a lot of money. So oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it's for. It's, it's not so much for the informal caregiver. Because one of the groups that I'm with has been fighting for ages, trying to get the care, the volunteer unknown caregivers to be able to get something for all the hours and work they put in. Well, that's right. And I know that's a big issue for CARP. And there are things, but you're right. It's, um, the, the, it's a federal, that's a federal tax credit, if I am not mistaken. And yeah, there has to be more because it, it really takes a toll. And a lot of people actually have to leave their jobs in order right. to give right. care. And I've known some that who were not yet retired and that was the reason they had to retire, to, to look after another family member. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Harry and Lindsay. Hello. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. You're uh, welcome. The other day you were interviewing Stephen Del Duca, and it must be very frustrating for an interviewer when you have to ask the person twice to answer a question. Oh, twice isn't bad. Well, <laughs> yes, but... Uh, the viewers get dizzy of keep listening to this. And I think it's time that some of the the viewers, the interviewers, take a stand and say, if you're not going to answer the question, the interview is over. Because Uh, they're using you for promotion to get to everybody. And uh, it's just, uh, I've seen it on other, on TV and stuff, and it must be terribly frustrating for you people. Um, well, uh, it's part of the gig, as they say. And you know what? Uh, it wasn't lost on you, for instance, that it took a couple of tries, uh, for whatever he didn't answer. And, uh, he sort of answered some of it. Well, he did. But, but 
you were going back that that you know this the 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 old age homes problem has been on for a long time, and he didn't take any ownership. Well, he. I think you know. You know what? Yes, I and and uh, a lot of the bureaucracy around home care was invented by the liberals. Uh, absolutely, it was. Yes, but but what most like for example, if he would just own up to the mistake, he did say, a yes, little we bit. Handle it better, and he, we should have done two or three different things. But no, they keep going around, going around, and hopefully that you get tired enough that you're not going to ask him any more important questions that he has to answer. Well, hey, you're the voter that he was ultimately wanting to speak to, and you were not impressed. So, That's correct. So That's correct. there, you know, I I don't have to, you know, say. No, I, if, I understand. Don't answer that. If you don't answer this, I'm hanging up on no, you. No, no, I understand yeah. that part, but it's 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 you know, I guess you got to play the game. And, well, and if you want him on your on the radio, then you got to play it that way. Well, you know, um, he's a guest like you're a guest. We try to be nice and respectful. And uh, he did say mistakes were made, uh, his party as well as others. And they are, I have to say, showing that they have thought a little bit about how to fix it. Correct. But, but hopefully... Uh, we get some kind of a term paper or something that people will give us an update uh, every six months on what they're trying to do. Yeah, well, we'll have to see who gets in and who has to give us a term paper. And the the other thing, you know, with this government making all these tiny little piecemeal announcements, and their answer is just, we're fixing it, you know. And again, the previous caller said he doesn't want to hear them blaming the previous government. And I think the statute of limitations on that has run out. Yes, yes, yes. But, yeah. But uh, I guess it's, in overall, I guess it's just the po- politic game that they play. Right. But at the end of the day, you are the person that will be making the decision well, yes, on yeah, that. I'll be voting. Yeah, I'll be voting for sure. But... Uh, it just, uh, I don't know, I find it frustrating. Okay, well, so does everyone else. Harry, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay, let me give out the numbers again. And it looks like people are engaged in the election one way or another. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We saw the budget yesterday. Is there anything in there inspiring you? According to CARP, the one thing they really liked was this new tax credit for people who are paying out of their own pockets for private home care, which is very expensive. And it's up to 1500 bucks, which frankly, depending on how much care you need, does not go far. $6,000 for home care does not go that far. So um, what do you think of that? Carp says it's a good start. It's in the direction of things that they were looking for. There's a huge amount of money sort of in a pot for infrastructure, hospitals, building their building long-term care beds, and highways, uh, some highways that are very controversial, and they are saying that they're going to make housing more affordable, they'll cut your commute. 
What do you think of all of that? And and the other interesting part of this, you know, when they ran the first time, they said they were the people who are fiscally responsible. They're the ones who are going to balance the books. And the financial accountability officer, and we talked to him the other week, uh, he came out with a report saying that the government was in a position to balance the books within a year. But they're not going to do it until, uh, was it... 2028, because they're spending a huge amount of money. Uh, You know, is that the conservative way? It is definitely, you know, we have to recover after the pandemic. But what do you think of that? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And I'm going to take a first time caller, Joseph and Curtis. Hello, Libby. How Hello. Are How are you, Libby? Are you having a good day? Yep, go ahead. Uh, I just want to talk about, yeah, this election. I'm very confused who I'm going to vote for. I have no clue who I want to vote for. I'm very lost, to be honest. Um, yeah, we've just been getting fed false promises, I feel, by these guys, these politicians for a long time. And I feel like a lot of people are confused, me, me myself as well, as a young Gen Z. I don't know who to trust. We'd be... We're always being fed these, um, you know, hopes and dreams, but then they take from one spot and feed into another. And it's like, I don't know, there's bigger issues at hand right now. And this election coming up is very, um, yeah, very confusing nonetheless, because I feel like the trust in government and trust in policy has diminished over time. So yeah, that's why there's even a biker rally going on this weekend people want to be oblivious to the fact but there's still canadians who can't travel or can't get work or have been fired and we just want to go ignore these things and act like it's going to go away but what happens when one government gets put in place and they want to change rules and it's like oh we all didn't vote for that but we also didn't have any options we only had four people to choose from five parties to choose from that how did those people even get put into power, right? Like, it's it's a very unbroken system, I find, right now. And a lot of Canadians are starting to, well, some Canadians are starting to speak up. And then the media doesn't really want to cover the real reason or act oblivious as to why they're doing it. And I feel like the silent major- minority or the silent minority majority, you're going out there and being vocal and doing things. But then the media labels them as people who are doing stuff to be causing a ruckus this or that no there's a lot of unhappy canadians who don't like the four or five people who keep getting put into power and then told what to say okay joseph thank you for that uh he referred to uh the motorcycle convoy and uh, the hope is that this time they won't shut down ottawa they've closed off the streets to vehicles uh they're welcome to demonstrate some of the organizers have some very unsavory statements in their past. There's anti-Semitic statements that we've looked up, but they say they want to have a peaceful protest and they say they're looking for freedom, uh, whatever that means. So we shall see what happens in Ottawa. There's no question that the police are better prepared. We also have another demonstration here, Al-Quds demonstration. That means that's the Arabic for Jerusalem. And there's been hate speech, incitement to violence at this event in the past. And uh, interesting this morning, 
the police chief came out and he said that's not going to be tolerated and he will have officers there who are from the hate crimes unit who will be watching out for that. And the mayor came out and said that while he does not direct the police, he's in favor of that. I mean, you know, free speech There's lots of discussions about what is free speech and what are the limits of free speech. But I think here in Canada, we are a tolerant society and we don't really tolerate hate mongering, death threats, genocidal comments. So uh, if you're going to demonstrate peacefully, demonstrate peacefully. Okay. Grayson Whitby. Hi, Grace. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. And I just wanted to say um, I heard uh, them, uh, somebody commenting about the money that uh, the, the government wouldn't have uh, with uh, doing away with the stickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when um, the Liberals were empowered, they, got, they sold off part of the hydro, which was a lot of revenue that uh, the the government didn't have uh, for, um, well, hospitals, education, whatever. There was a lot of money, and it went to a lot of their friends that bought up uh, part of the hydro that the Liberals sold off. Absolutely. And so, but, you know, I thought it was a very decent, good thing to do because that money came in so handy right now when gas is so expensive. And um, to uh, I saw I got gas last night and it cost me seventy dollars, uh, and and somebody before me was ninety one dollars. So it you know it, it came in very handy at this particular time because you know food and the cost of gas and everything people would have it would have been a big help to a lot of people getting that rebate, and uh, so you know. Like I said, it was a it's it's um it's probably not as much money the the government's not losing as much as what it the the government lost in tax revenue when they sold off the, the well it's not a, and I don't see anybody talking much about that or thinking about the fact that they, the liberals sold off part of the hydro. Uh, well, it was certainly a topic then, and actually I have heard people talk about that or remind us about okay, that. Okay, well, I'm glad they have. And and the other thing is is that Ford is not perfect, but out of the what we have to choose from, I think he is the best because he's a businessman, and they want to build a lot of things. And I'm thankful because my husband's in a wheelchair, and, and I'm... I have PSWs, and I care for my husband at home, but I'm very thankful and I'm that we have, you know, that we have the help that we have. I mean, we're we're very fortunate people. Okay, thank you for that, Grace. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Okay, well, there you go. So uh, there is definitely uh, there are definitely a lot of people very happy to receive that money, uh, but it's not inconsiderable. Over five years, it's going to cost six point seven billion dollars. That's a lot of money for the government to lose, and perhaps one reason why uh, they're not planning on balancing those books, even if they could otherwise. Okay, let us move right along here. Let's go to Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Something I haven't heard discussed this week, um, fight back, um, is 
the issues around anti-Semitism. And even though I'm not a member of the Jewish faith, um, I'm aware of what's going on, but these, but it hasn't impacted me directly, if you understand what I'm saying, until now. Um, what happened was my son's at university in, um, in Montreal, and we had a discussion around that parade or whatever you want to call it last Sunday. And he came up with this outrageous statement that, well, Israel's an apartheid state. And all I could say was, you know, where did that nonsense come from? And this seems to be prevalent um, on the, some of the university campuses. This same subject came up, what, about a year ago at the University of Toronto? Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that is the case because uh, we saw a, a bunch of reports this week on a big increase in anti-Semitic incidents. And you're right. We didn't cover it on Fight Back, but we cover it... Uh, I don't, what is that? We covered it, uh, throughout the day. We had it on the morning Zoom with Sam and Jane, and we had it all over our newscast. Yesterday was also Yom HaShoah, uh, commemorating the Holocaust. And, um, yep, there's a big problem on university campuses. There is an official definition of anti-Semitism, and it covers when, uh, Israel is used kind of as a proxy. Uh, for that. And there is a lot of it on university campuses. And um, it's, it's too bad. I'm, I'm glad you're flagging that, that your son is kind of uh, beguiled by all of this. And let's hope that uh, he can see the other side. Uh, this is really, it's, it's terrible. And there's also other kinds of hate incidents going up, but yeah, we the world is uh, in a very bad place these days. Well, he never learned this at home, Libby, and, and I'm, I'm, I mean, his, I said, where did you learn this stuff from? And obviously, he said, well, everybody knows that it's true. I said, who's everybody? And this is just, it, it, it really bothers me that these are some of the faculty, because this happened to some of the faculty at U of T, I just finished reading, some of this stuff, some of the stuff is coming to the faculty to impressionable minds. Do you not think? Well, is it is it is he at U of T and was it faculty or was it student organizations? Well, he's at Concordia in Montreal. Oh, they're like the worst, <laughs> just about the worst. Concordia. Uh, I know there's some issues with the student union at McGill right now, um, but I, I said I wish there was something that I could say, Libby, in terms of read this or read that, or you need to do more than listening to. Well, you, one place to, to a couple of places to go, uh, B'nai B'rith, their website, uh, Simon Wiesenthal, their website, the Simon Wiesenthal Center. And uh, I'm sure they have lots of good information that can be redirected there. We, we talk to those people, you know, relatively regularly. But uh, thank you for bringing that to our attention, and uh, I'm I'm glad that it perturbs you because it perturbs all of us. Well, it just I, I'm, I'm going to let you go to other people, but it just it I mean the I mean this all is also taking place. There's some issues right now with the TDSB, and they've suspended a couple of teachers from yep. this in high school as well, isn't it? Yep. Yep. So where I don't know what the answer is, other than try and educate him. I hate it when, you know, the, uh, they, some of these students, they only hear one side of it and 
Um, this isn't the way he was brought up. But anyway, Libby, um, thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much, Ron, for that. We've got to take another break. Before we go to break, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back on the other side of the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me! Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And before the break, we were talking to Ron in Guelph about the rise in anti-Semitism and how distressed he is that his son is buying some of that propaganda uh, that he gets on the university campus. Uh, So we'll continue that conversation here with Brian Brian in Toronto. Uh, hi, hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, thank, thank God my kids are, are finished school. Uh, they both went to university and college. But I have friends that's children go to York University. And I have a friend of mine who's an observant Jewish person. The kid wants to wear a kippah. Um, and he wants to go to law school. So he's going to York University. And he's literally afraid to go to school because of the harassment he gets because he wears a, 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 a kippah, a head covering. And it's like nobody does anything. Jewish people, and, and I know you're Jewish, and I know you feel very passionate about these issues, is that we are so marginalized. I was just saying to the other gentleman, when you look at a lot of the advertisements we see today on TV, we're seeing all kinds of different dynamics, biracial, gay couples, and we should. We should have tolerance. But you don't see Jewish people in these ads, or identifiably Jewish people. We are so marginalized. So when people talk about these negative um, incorrect perceptions and connotations, of course, because we're not we're not considered to be mainstream. You know, the Jews have all the power and the Jews have all the money, and you, we've all heard it before. Uh, well, those are definitely uh, part of very negative stereotypes. I don't agree that we are marginalized, but there's a, a big increase in harassment, anti-Semitic incidents, uh, hate speech, uh, and oh, yeah. it's terrible. Uh, but I, I do not agree that that we're marginalized. And there are all these <clears throat> conspiracy theories. <clears throat> and I also agree that it's bad on university campuses. Excuse me. And now apparently high school. I mean, as, as, uh, as we've heard. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it looks like uh, the authorities are coming out against it. There's even some budget from the federal government uh, to fight anti-Semitism. There's special envoy, Erwin Kotler, the former justice minister, and, I know who uh, he is, for sure. and a human Very rights lawyer. Guy. Very well-respected guy. And uh, uh, we've just seen the chief and the mayor come out in advance of this very dodgy, dicey demonstration. It has been in the past, and let's hope it's it's uh, peaceful when it takes place tomorrow. We all, have, we all have the right to voice our opinions in a healthy, 
productive, respectful way. But when you cross over the lines and you become violent and you become threatening and you become hateful, there's no place for that. Uh, I think we would all agree on that, Brian. Thanks for your call. All the very best. Stay well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, Sita. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I just asked. Thanks for taking my call. And yes, we are living in a very, very sad world, but we have to do the very best we can to make it a better place. Uh-huh. Uh, I you... am just as confused as to everyone to whom to vote for. Leaders of all parties are buying our votes by throwing out what we want to hear, beds, home care, etc. Well, what plan do they have to make sure that that money will be spent wisely and those on the sunshine list are not getting much richer? <laughs> There are a lot of people on the sunshine list. Yeah, I mean, the money is going for organization to be spent wisely, and yet still, they're getting higher and higher, and they're screaming, we need to pay our employees more money, so where's the money going? Um well, uh, you have to check into that before you <laughs> cast your ballot. You say you're confused, you don't know who you're going to vote for? Well, too bad my name is not there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, did, Libby, you did, you, did you hear anything you liked in the budget? Um, I mean, yes. Um, they're doing some for home care, and this is something we were fighting for, people that stay at home who wants to stay in their home because we don't want to go eventually to a whole, uh, whole age home, etc. So there are some good things in there, yes. Okay, well, uh, you know, the campaign officially starts. Stay tuned here, and I'm sure you'll let us know if it gives you any more clarity on what will bring a good result. Yes, yes. And you know what, like everyone is saying, it's better you deal with the devil we know than the devils we don't know. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. I think that's what the devils are counting on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't have much to choose from, right? (laughs) that's that's what the pundits say. Sita, have a nice weekend. You too. Everyone have a great weekend. Thank you. Dennis in Brampton. Hello. How are you? I'm well, thank you, uh, Libby, and yourself. Fine, thank you. Go ahead. Two quick points. Um, I'm delighted that um, PSWs are going to get financial recognition. The parties are all talking about that. I'm still disturbed, though, that nurses and health professionals working in hospitals uh, remain capped at 1% wage increases. Uh, there's been no mention of that at all. And these, the very people that have dealt, uh, had to deal with a very sick during COVID, are burning out and are, are leaving in droves. So that really wasn't the purpose of my call, but I did want to, uh, bring that back to the, uh, to the fore. The other thing I wanted to briefly mention was, uh, just some history on bureaucracy and long-term care, and I know you've talked about that at length, and I, I do agree with you. Um, it seemed, though, that you were uh, put, laying that at the feet of the uh, the Liberals, and I actually remember uh, we started off with district health councils, and then we went to uh, CCACs, Community Care Access Centers, and then we went to LINs, and more recently we went to these... Um, these teams, uh, hospital-based teams, the purpose of those um, made sense uh, because hospitals were the ones that were getting first crack at all the long-term care beds and that people in the community who may actually have a higher priority, there was no 
way for them to contact somebody to. to but get you know access. what? The I'm not sure. The at least so a year ago was when I needed a little bit of home care, and the, the team thing it wasn't really done yet. the The idea was a good idea, except uh, you would. If you called the place, they'd say, this is the blah, blah, formerly known as uh, CCAC, and it functioned the same way as CCAC. Exactly. So there was no, there was a name change. Exactly. Now, I suppose it depends on uh, individual experience, because I know we uh, dealt with a CCAC, a case manager, uh, when my mother needed uh, long-term care. And uh, I, I have to say... That case manager was excellent. We had uh, absolutely no complaints, no issues, and we were grateful to have had that access to that person. Uh, and my mother-in-law was, was not hospitalized, so we were able to get access to that care directly from the community, which was the purpose of all of that bureaucracy in the first place. But as you pointed out more than once, it, it just hasn't worked. Well, and and maybe it's a little more integrated now, but but it it just seems that it's set up so that there are too many middle people, and indeed, uh, I don't think it has to be that way. And and the thing that kind of irks me about a lot of this and a lot of things uh, in and around the healthcare system is that the people on the front lines are not getting what they deserve. Agreed. And there was a time, and in fact, it was the Conservatives, actually, who set up the um, the CCACs and, the, and then initiated the contracting out of the, yes. uh, of the work. And uh, before that, uh, there were a lot of or, um, organizations that uh, were, were unionized, and, and people were getting decent wages, and, and it was working reasonably well. Uh, but you know we've we've tried to save money. Unfortunately, I think on the backs of the um, of the elderly and the sick, uh, both in the community and the hospital, and that needs to change. Okay, thank you, Dennis, for that. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye bye. Uh, what do we have here? Okay, on the same subject, Tony in Keswick. Hi, Tony. Hi, hello, buongiorno. Uh, great show. Another uh, thing you got to. With the PSWs, uh, the government's got to stop these people from doing the old part-time thing. My cousin was part-time for eight years, but worked full-time hours, just so that the company could save money on whatever you know deductions. Um, that's got to stop. You know, uh, these people work their butt off, and my cousin sometimes couldn't even walk. <laughs> so she's like, she got up in the morning, went to work on on Tylenol, you know, three or four of them, and, and you know, and or Advil, and. But there's also another process that you got to look at is is this part time thing while they're still working full time hours. Sometimes they're working more than full time hours, like with the pandemic, you know. So, you know, I don't know. Well, that, yeah, uh, it's 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 not just that they'd have to have a, a number of different jobs to get you know to make a living, and and then there are these shortages, and they're not working part time because there's no work for them. And yes, it's oh. because. Some of these companies are trying to save money so they don't have to give them benefits or whatever else. And you are right. That is not right. That's not fair to either people. There's a lot of people that quit. I, two of my, my, my cousin's friends, they quit. They went, you know, you got a job at uh, Tim Hortons that paid the same, 15 bucks an hour. Uh, you know, for 50 cents, she goes, 
at least you don't have to lift it, you know, and they felt bad because they really cared about their patients. And, and these are people that actually care about these people, you know, that they, they deal with, you know, so anyhow, that's it. Thank you for your show. It's a great stage for us to, to, to let people know what, what we think and, and uh, hopefully uh, make a little bit of a change anyway, so. Okay, Tony, thank, thank you, you for that. Okay. Pat in Etobicoke. Hi, Pat. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Go ahead. Um, I'm going to be bringing your the listeners back to 1981 when the prices of the homes skyrocketed. At the same time, the interest rates from the Bank of Canada went skyrocketing. And there were busloads of people that were sponsored by a Toronto newspaper. I'm not sure whether I should say it or not, but what was going on was there was a promise made by the um, NDP that if they got elected, what they would do was they tax, put a tax on every homeowner that had their house paid off, no mortgage, then that money would help to subsidize these younger people who started out with large homes. Okay, I don't remember that, but are are you, uh, uh, aside from reminding us, is there anything uh, current? Because Yeah, um, it's the same thing again now. They're trying to, the Bank of Canada is trying to raise the interest rates, and people have been crying that it, it's going to cause them to lose their homes, and yet they've had all these years at almost zero to get their uh, ducks in line. And so um, the same people are going to be crying foul again because they want it now and not later. They're, they're wanting everything now. Okay, thanks for your call. Uh, not sure what uh, she was getting at, but uh, there's a big problem with the affordability of houses. Huge increases. I'm looking at the time, and um, we have time for one more brief comment. Paul and Norwich, you want to talk about the name changes? Uh, I'm sure you're talking about the change of Ryerson to Toronto Metropolitan yes. University. Uh, yes, I feel that the more we veer from our history, the more likely it is to repeat itself. We We hide all the ugly. It's going to come back. I, I do believe that that um and it, it, I was rather intrigued by the you know, one of your earlier callers about the discrimination, anti-Semitism, all that stuff. I've always believed in school we should touch on all religions so we so we understand. I, I've never found very many people to be bad, no matter what their faith is. We all kind of want the same thing. We all want to be happy. We all want a job. We all want to be healthy. We have to have a little bit more understanding. I, I don't agree with putting everybody in the same thing. Like, racism is, is a terrible thing. We see this happening all over the world, and we, we just wonder why. And if we're not careful, it is going to come here. Well, it is here. It, is, it is here, but the winter. hopefully we keep it in check. Uh, Paul, thanks for your call. 
I'm looking at the clock. We are out of time for Fight Back for today and for this week. And we'll be back here on Monday. And as a program note, for those who are still confused about who to vote for, the opposition leader, Andrea Horvath, will be here. And so you can see if she has anything interesting to offer you. Have a great weekend. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.